Welcome to day 36 of Shaped by the Word. I almost said 15 minutes in the Word (laughs) after doing that uh, all of last year. We're in our second cycle of reading through the New Testament together, and we have started our year reading through the Gospel of Luke, and it has been a rich gospel. Uh, Luke has a deep sensitivity to the Old Testament story. Even though he may be one of the um, only Gentile authors of the New Testament, he still senses the meaning of the story and how the story leads to Jesus. He does a wonderful job bringing those themes into rich relief uh, as Jesus makes his way toward Jerusalem. So I guess about the middle of this week, we're going to end up in Jerusalem in the last week of Jesus' life, but we're still on the road. Uh, today. So we start in chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. As always, our habit is because we're reading not simply to meet a goal of, you know, checking off a daily Bible reading or reading just so we'll be a little bit more knowledgeable about the Bible we're reading so that we might know God and be transformed into His image. And so we always offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord, inviting Him to lead us, to teach us, to build us up, and to complete His work in us. So, Matt, do you mind starting us off with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the variety of ways you use it in our lives to to build us up, to convict us, to encourage us, comfort us, um, and so much more. Father, we pray for that um, today as as we dive into uh, Luke 18. Would you use your word um, to do what only you can do in it and through it? And, and Father, would you receive much glory? um, And would our joy be... um, just made complete as, as we reflect on um, what you've, what you've revealed to us, um, and, and who you are. Um, Father, set our eyes on Jesus, and um, and be with us as we get to spend time not not just simply reading Scripture, but reading it together. Um, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It, it has been a joy reading Scripture in community. Yeah. I mean, not only here as we do the podcast, but. Uh, also knowing that we're doing this with you, you know, as the rest of the church as well. Yeah. So it is, it is a lot of fun to know that uh, we're reading this together. And we're in Luke chapter 18, uh, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a with plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked him. 
But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother. All these have I kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We're going to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the prophets in the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He'll be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day he'll rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Nice chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, several, you know, several moving, you know, parables, encounters, and stories, you know, that all come together. Second time, you know, that Jesus told a parable about you know persistence in prayer, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a, a heartbeat. You know, the whole idea of prayer as a heartbeat for Luke as he continues to give us a window into Jesus' prayer life, but also pleads with us to not grow weary and to continue to pray and to continue to seek God. So let's kind of move through those stories and those those, those events, you know, one for one, one by one. What is a, What sticks out to you in that first one, the parable of the persistent widow? I mean, I think the lesser to greater argument, right, that he kind of moves through and he says if the unjust judge you know, is is willing to move at the persistence right. of this woman. How much more then will a just, you know, not just judge, but just judge and father, mm-hmm. you know, respond to the, right. the prayers of those whom he loves, those whom are his children? The last thing we should take away from this parable is that, uh, you know, God unjust. begrudgingly <laughs> wants to give to us. And, and if you just bug him enough, he'll give you what yeah. you want. You know, that's the way it is with, with, you know, human people who could care less about God, could care less about people. But how about a heavenly Father who could not care more mm. about you? Mm. And, and I love those. You know, I love in here you have a you have a little bit of a different flair because you have kind of a eschatological you know meaning. Uh, you hear the plea in Revelation: How long, O oh Lord? Mm. 
Uh, you know, will we suffer? And of course, the widow in this parable represents those who've been disfranchised, those who are on the edge of society, barely hanging on. And he says, God knows your needs and he's watching your needs and he will not let your pleas, you know, for justice uh, go unanswered. So you also have the theme of justice, you know, yeah. kind of tucked away here. Yeah. I'm just thinking how, and yet how often do I approach God with that attitude of he's, that he's just kind of frustrated and hearing hearing my requests again and again, but like I, it's just such a sweet thing to, to read and be reminded that he loves when we come to him and ask for yeah, those things yeah. as his children. So that's good for my heart. So I'm not so sure the best image we should have of God as a father, because a father and mom can get a little bit <laughs> weary of their kids' pleadings, yeah. Yeah. but I'm a grandfather. Yeah. And I never get weary, you know, of you know my grandchildren, you know, coming to me. And how much more, you know, does God deeply treasure us and that that's unbelievable yeah. for us to even you know to even think that he can receive us with all the affection you know that we receive our kids and with even greater affection than that or we receive mm-hmm. our grandkids and then of course the final question is god will be just and god will act justly on behalf of his chosen ones or his his elect in the esv uh, but the question is will he find faithfulness in us and so the real question is not will God be faithful to us, but will we be faithful and persistent yeah. in looking to God rather than panicking and looking yeah. to ourselves? Yeah. Well, and I think this is also just a good reminder because I think sometimes that that form of lament, right, that when we look at the Psalms, I mean, the most common form in the Psalms is lament. But lament is so strange, I think, or foreign for us. You know, and, and so this kind of plea or cry or persistent cry for justice, or, or and you know you have kind of a twofold like the vindication of the saints who are sitting here saying, "How long, O Lord? You know, yeah. when will you vindicate us?" But there's also the other side of it, you know, that is a a justice where evil, you know, not just that's done to us, but evil in the world will be you know, eradicated right. and removed and dealt with forever. You know, and and so looking to God not just as one who hears our prayers, but one who is just and can deliver, mm. you know, on those prayers. I, I think really, maybe lament is something that we need to recover. No, we definitely need to recover it. You know, our our sense of worship, uh, you know, has been more you know exuberant expressions of thanksgiving and joy, and there's nothing, you know, wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mixed in with our adoration of the heavenly Father is just our our sorrow over the brokenness of the yeah. world around us and that's you know what lament is and you're right there is it is uh very pervasive in the psalms so then we have the parable of you know the two men and jesus uh, luke tells us up front why jesus told this parable because there were some uh you know who were smug in their own sense of righteousness and because and this always happens we've all been there actually when you become smug about your own sense of righteousness and your own sense of accomplishment you look down on everyone else who's not having as many quiet times as you are or not doing many sacrificial service as you are or not as working hard as you are or is not memorized as many verses as you are and uh, this poor guy you know he fasts twice a week <laughs> and he ties everything that he gets yeah. yeah yeah and then you have the tax collector who can't even look what does it say? I can't even find it, but he wouldn't even look up to heaven but beat his breast. It's like he can't We even gave Katie see. a different Bible today, and it's really throwing her off. It's throwing me she off. I made all my notes yeah. in my Bible, and I accidentally <laughs> left it at home. Yeah. But yeah, like he can't even look up to heaven because he is so humiliated by his own sin and so humbled yeah. by it. And man, I just think the just the contrast between those two, I mean, yeah. 
when we really see, when we really truly see our sin for what it is, we're in that same position. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, one of his petitions was, you know, or, or not even petitioned, I guess, I, I think it's five times he says, I, yeah. you know, in, in the middle of this. And, and one of them is, I thank you that I am not like, you know, adulterers, murderers, and, yeah. and that guy over there. <laughs> yeah. And that guy over there found the favor of God. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, either the second or third time, Matt, maybe you can help him with that, where, you know, Jesus ends for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Another major theme, yeah. you know, in the Gospel yeah, of the Luke. Great, kind of great reversal. And we're going to see that even yeah. in this chapter, we see the reversal right. where he tells, you know, these parables. And then you also have the the healing, but the people that get left out in a sense, right, is kind of this rich ruler, rich young ruler, and the the Pharisee. But yeah. the people that are welcomed in are the blind who, oh, who you know, people see just as just Jesus of Nazareth, and he goes, no, it's the son of David. Uh, yes. And oh, you're skipping ahead. Yeah, well, yeah you're, you're a little bit yeah. ahead, but he's also looking at the clock. But it's the great reversal. We do, but, and, and that's a good point. You know, let's this is slow down. You know, and 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 make it. Yeah. You know, who are those? You know, in this. You know, who are those? In this. You know, the widow is the one who finds. You know, God in His justice, yeah. and then uh, the tax collector. You know, finds. You know, God in His justice, yeah. and the little children yeah. are the ones that you know who will be received and find. You know, God in His mercy, in yeah. His compassion, and of course, a, a blind beggar who annoyed the crowds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get all it, of ironically, that. Ironically, is. is the only one who could see that he was the son of David at yeah. that moment. Really right? good, Katie. Right? Nice, like, nice move. He's, nice he's move. blind, but he, he's the only but one he sees, see. But he sees a little bit more. And he sees better than those who Because they ask see. him what's yeah. going on. Uh, you know, that uh, you know Jesus and Nazareth is passing by. And this is the first time, you know, the title is used on somebody's lips, recognizing who Jesus is and connecting him with the ideal king that God promised that would come in the line of David. Mm. And so this guy sees much more. And, and by the way, you know, his response is, you know, exactly what our response should be. Praising God and exuberantly, you know, thanking God and he followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. And of course we know that you know, there's more at stake at following Jesus than just getting up and, you know, kind of trilling behind the crowd to follow him yeah. means to, you know, deny yourself and take up your cross and, and follow and follow him. Yeah, just such a great reversal in this chapter. I mean, we, we've talked about it all along in Luke. Luke keeps giving us these great reversals, and he reminds us, you know, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And we're seeing it on display in the chapter. And, and I think it's just a, even, I mean, even as I'm reading, going back to the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, you know, I think sometimes we kind of exalt maybe the position of the of the tax collector that he was, you know, wouldn't even look up to heaven and be just, but like to stand and pray was also... You know, it could be a humble posture, but it, you see in the content of their prayers, you know, the Pharisee begins by thanking God, but he's really thanking God that he's on God's team I, yeah, and God I'm, has thank him. Thank you, God, you know? for me. <laughs> That's like, yeah, yeah, you need me. It is, uh, uh, it is interesting. Of course, we're leaving out, you know, probably the most significant, you know, event in here, this rich young ruler, which means probably a synagogue ruler, maybe even... A uh, member of the Sanhedrin, you know, uh, who ruled over the entire nation of Israel, uh, who has diligently, you know, tried to keep the law, but he has, you know, accumulated great wealth, and it's it's great, you know, that uh, Jesus. Uh, you, I love it that Jesus points him back to the law. God has designed all of His precepts so that we might flourish. 
and, and so that we might have life, mm-hmm. and so that we might, you know, be joined together with His grace, you know, in a dynamic partnership with Him. So the law, you know, as Paul would say, is holy and righteous and good, but it can only take you so far. And uh, He says, I've, I've done these. And Jesus, you know, says, you, you like just one thing, and that's sell everything mm-hmm. and, and come follow me. And of course, again, the invitation to follow is deny yourself and take up a cross mm-hmm. and, and, and follow after me. And in the line, I love the way that, you know, Luke puts it. He says he was very sad because he was very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to let go of the things in this mm-hmm. world that we fall in love with for the greater gift, you know, that, you know, that God uh, gives us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not just a, you know, it's not just a, uh, maybe a challenge for people who have wealth, but I love even the response of everyone around who, you know, we don't get the details if they're wealthy or not, but they're like, well, if that's the case, who can be saved? Like, now, if this guy isn't the kind of guy that God is looking for, then who? Yeah, wealth was a know, sign who, of blessing. Who is, who is he know? looking for? And of course, we already talked about that: persistent widows, yeah. small children. You know, in order to receive the kingdom, you need to be like them. Heartbroken, you know, tax collectors, and, and those who are. Uh, more in love with God than they are the things of this, you know, the things of this world. And of course, Jesus predicts his his, his death, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a second time, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, as he as he does that, uh, he was very specific that he'd be turned over to the Gentiles, beaten and spit upon, and, and rejected. Mm-hmm. So this has been a fun passage, and we could stay here all day, but yeah. uh, we probably ought to draw to close. Katie, could you close this with a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this time in your word today. Thank you for um, the work that you do in our hearts as we read it, as we meditate on it. And, And Holy Spirit, would you continue to transform us into the likeness of your Son? You are good. Help us to hold on to you as you carry us through this day and give us our daily bread. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.